Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Alpharetta, it's time for Profit Sense with Bill McDermott. Good morning. Welcome to Profit Sense. This podcast dives into the stories behind some of Atlanta's successful businesses and business owners and the professionals that advise them. We help local business leaders get the word out about the important work they're doing to serve their market, their community, and their profession. I'm your host, Bill McDermott, and this show is presented by McDermott Financial Solutions. McDermott Financial helps business owners improve cash flow, profitability, and find financing, breakthrough barriers to expansion, and financially prepare to exit their business. We have three great guests on the show today. Keith Cosley, CEO of Keck, Keck and Wood. Keith, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. And Samantha McElhaney, Senior Vice President with Center States Bank. Uh, Samantha, so glad you're on the show today. Thanks, Bill. And Dr. Brianna Gaynor, uh, psychologist with Peace of Mind Psychology. Uh, Brianna, so glad you're on the show with us today. Thank you for having me. Keith, I'm going to start with you. Uh, so Keck and Wood, uh, certainly been in business a long time, but tell us a little bit about who Keck and Wood is, Keck and Wood is uh, what they do, how they do it. Sure. Uh, Keck and Wood is a civil engineering firm. Uh, we also do uh, landscape architecture and land surveying. Uh, we've been in business since 1954, headquartered in uh, in Duluth, and um, have offices in uh, South Carolina, uh, Rock Hill, and Charleston, and uh, do work in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Louisiana. But uh, we're a professional services firm. Uh, most of our clients are public sector, uh, city and county government. We do some work for universities, Georgia DOT, and some other things. But our, our primary focus is on uh, infrastructure that people use, anything from roads to parks and rec to site development and everything in between. So very, very interesting line of business to be in these days. Yeah, lots going on. And uh, uh I'm trying to go back how far our relationship goes back. I think I can uh, go at least eight or nine years. Uh, I know I've had the privilege of uh, helping you with uh, some financing and also uh, been able to ad- advise you and your team on some initiatives, uh, things of cash flow, profitability. Uh, I know you've got some things in mind that you and Keck and Wood want to accomplish in 2020. So talk a little bit about your challenges and your opportunities going into this year. Sure. I mean, uh, the fact that the economy continues to go strong uh, is great for the type of work that I do. Um, but uh, Keck and Wood is really focused on uh, growth, and uh, growth is very important uh, to our staff. I mean, we are, we're a professional services company, so uh, the way that we add value to our clients is, is through the experience and knowledge that our staff brings to their projects and helping them solve problems. Um, so it's really important in order for us to retain the, the good people that we have and to continue to grow as a firm, uh, we have to show those people a career path. And so we've really been focused on uh, steady, reasonable, uh, managed growth to uh, better serve our clients and to make sure that we're keeping our best and brightest people. Yeah, and that uh, you hit on two things, uh, certainly growth. And, uh, and profitability as well. So the key factors that have been driving uh, the growth and profitability of the recent, uh, in the recent years, uh, any particular stories come in mind or uh, maybe identifying some of the key factors where you've been successful? Sure. I, I think a lot of our uh, success in recent years has just come from being intentional, uh, being intentional about what we want to do, 
who we are and what we want to be. Uh, we've always been very good at uh, delivering projects and providing value to our clients that way, but we've really gotten intentional about how we run our business. And uh, so our, our project managers who are you know very much the people who deliver our product to our, our clients are now uh, much more business focused and understand our business cycle much better. So from uh, delivering projects, entering time in the timesheets, issuing invoices, uh, accounts receivable, uh, understanding that you know getting invoices out, money back in affects our cash flow, which affects the health of our business. It's not just about engineering; we are a business, so that's been a good change for us. Yeah, great. And I know uh, uh, engineering, probably like many other professional services, is is an incredibly competitive space. Um, if you were talking to me as a prospect right now, what uh, what would you want me to know as far as how does Keck and Wood differentiate itself from other firms in the marketplace? Well, I mean, we've we've got two uh, areas of focus when we think about you know how we present ourselves. You know, we present ourselves to our clients, and we certainly present ourselves to uh, recruits. So, when it comes to the health of the company long term, and we have to be able to recruit uh, good people who can provide good good service to our clients, and so our culture is very very important to us. Uh, we're about a 50-person firm. Uh, we're, we're big enough to have some really good expertise and uh, some really good project experience, but not so big that our employees feel like they're numbers. And our, I think our clients benefit from that as well because they know that when they engage Keck and Wood uh, on a significant infrastructure project, they're going to get our best and brightest, and they're working with the owners of the company as we are an employee-owned company. And uh, we attract people – who want to make a difference uh, for our business and in the lives of our customers uh, every day. Yeah, that is great. And I know uh, uh, in that differentiation, uh, also you, uh, uh, you have numbers uh, that you manage by some key metrics. Sure. Uh, so I, uh, I think uh, certainly numbers are, are important. What are some of the key metrics that you use to gauge how the company is performing? And why did you pick those particular metrics? Well, I mean, there's a lot of numbers you can look at. Uh, you know, we look at profitability, of course. Uh, we watch our uh, receivables to make sure uh, that we're collecting money on time. Uh, we look at our liquidity and our leverage uh, to understand uh, those metrics and how we're healthy as a company. Operating profit, uh, retained earnings at the end of the year, and um, – you know, there's just a number of things we can look at, but uh, I think our real focus on if, if we focus on our people, train our people, invest in them, they will invest in the company and the numbers are going to take care of themselves. Yeah, but we see, do pay attention to them. I see the banker to your right when you're talking about metrics like uh, leverage and cash flow. Uh, I, I see the banker in the in the group smiling here. So sure. uh, numbers are important. Uh, so I love your tagline collaboration by design i that takes me uh to several different places but really what i'm interested in is maybe talk a little bit about how that was created uh what is the message that you're not only trying to send to your clients and prospective clients but maybe also to employees who might be looking to the firm as well sure uh, we really like that tagline and that came out of some actual research we did with our clients we actually had a a third-party marketing firm interview our clients and ask them, 
you know, why do they select Keckenwood? You know, there's lots of competition out there. So what sets us apart? And that was a fascinating process. And I encourage any small business owner to consider doing that because we got some really good information about, you know, why people pick us. And uh, a lot of it had to do with the collaborative relationships that we have with our clients. And they really enjoyed uh, the fact that, you know, we prioritized them. uh, We looked out for their best interests. And uh, so we came up with the tagline of collaboration by design because we are designers of of projects. So it, it speaks to the collaboration we have with our clients, but it also is driving our internal culture because we have to we have to understand how the company collaborates with our employees. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've actually had meetings where we talk about what does collaboration mean between the company and our clients? What does collaboration mean between the company and our employees? And, um, you know, for our employees, it's providing them a career path. You know, this isn't just a job where they can, or a stepping stone. We very much want to hire good people and keep those people as long as we can. So it's, it's company's job to collaborate with them, help them through their career and invest, uh, in their training and their development. So Keith, for our listening audience out there, in case we have any city managers or county managers listening in, how how can someone get a hold of Keck and Wood, either uh, by website? Uh, what's the best way for, for anyone to get in touch with the firm? Well, the easiest way is just to go to our website, uh, keckwood.com. That's K-E-C-K-W-O-O-D.com. Uh, we have um, you know, all of our contact information, uh, general contact information, uh, information about where our offices are, a lot of information about the clients that we serve and, and the type of services that we provide. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're easy to get a hold of and would welcome any uh, inquiries about what we do. Well, Keith, this has been uh, a great discussion. And uh, having worked with the firm for eight or nine years, uh, Keckenwood is really a top-shelf firm, and, and it's got great leadership, and uh, I'm excited about the future. Well, I, I really enjoy our relationship, Bill, and, and you've helped us along the way. So I, I value that very much. Yeah. Appreciate well, it. Thanks. And now Samantha McElhaney, Senior Vice President, Center State Bank. I can, uh, I can go back to a Atlanta Braves uh, baseball game. Uh, my host was a former coworker of yours right. and uh, uh, she evidently tasked you with uh, being sure that uh, when I showed up uh, and the relationship started and it's been a, uh, relationship where we've shared clients probably for the past eight or nine years. I, almost I a decade. Think. Almost yeah, a decade. Yes. Yeah. Coming up on that. So um, I want to talk a little bit with you uh, about uh, you deal with a lot of business owners, uh, different sizes, uh, different industries. Uh, but one of the things that you always talk about is making sure that that business owner uh, has around his or her table, trusted advisors uh, that help them. So what does a business owner need around his or her table as business advisors in 2020 and beyond? Yeah, Bill, people throw out the term trusted advisor, and that can look very different for different businesses these days, especially in 2020. Um, People can put a CF, you know, there's C-level executives around that table internally. Um, It can be anybody from their CFO to their marketing executive um, to a family member, depending on the size of the business. Um, externally, it can be their CPA, it could be a business attorney, um, it could be someone um, in insurance, it could be a payroll advisor. It really just depends on who that individual sees as vital 
to making business decisions, um, but it definitely needs to be someone that's important to them at that particular time. Um, everybody needs to be on the same page, mm-hmm. um, but everybody needs to also agree in the very beginning that if we don't agree on something, that's okay. We need to be vocal about it. We sure. may table it, put it on the wall, parking lot it, and come back to the topic. Um, but we need to have mutual respect around the room um, and agree that we're going to have that respect at all times. Um, and it's the business owner that comes first sure. at all times. Sure. So that term trusted advisor, we don't want to make it cliche. We want to make sure everybody has that trust. In in your experience, are there some non-negotiables as to who might the essential players for that trusted advisor table be? Absolutely. Um, if there's definitely a, a Bill McDermott, a business coach, an advisor, you've got to have that person in the room because that person's meeting with that individual on a regular basis, hopefully um, monthly, quarterly, on a regular basis. The CPA needs to be in the room because they're filing their taxes. Sure. And hopefully on time, a keyword there, a business attorney. I'm finding a lot of business owners say they have a business attorney, but they haven't met with that individual in a long time. Let's have the business attorney in the room. Um, if you got a banker, have the banker in the room for sure. And then, of course, the business owners um, must be in the room. Those are the key individuals. And then if there's anyone else, um, then that's up to the business owner. But those have to be the key people. Now, I have two and they might be listening, millennial daughters uh, who are, are both married, uh, and they hold up their iPhone to me uh, and say, this is my bank. So let me just say I'm sure capturing the youth demographic in business is critical these days. So how do we address this as the business owner and the trusted advisor? Um. And it's not just the millennials that um, use their iPhone or their Samsung um, as their bank. Um, I mean, I will tell you, I do a lot. I'm glad to hear that, Bill. My mom does. My mom finally got on board over Christmas and I was so excited. So she doesn't have to get in the car um, and worry about people driving around her um, as far as their banking is concerned. But um, yeah, if we can get more individuals using the applications on their phone to check their balances and make sure things look appropriate on a regular basis, first thing in the morning before they get in their car, did things clear properly? Did wires go into their account like they were supposed to? Did things clear? Did payrolls happen? That would help out tremendously. Mm -hmm. Um, That's actually how one of my clients just Monday night, Tuesday morning, caught fraud on their account. Oh, my gosh. And we were able to return those items immediately Uh and prevent several thousand dollars leaving their bank accounts. Wow, that's significant. Yes, significant because affidavits were immediately prepared. We got them to the police department to fill out police reports. We pulled videotapes, and they, they didn't lose that money. Yeah. So this is how we prevent those things from happening. So technology is key and important sure. today to help us prevent those kind of losses on accounts. Sure. So let's follow on that theme a little bit. How serious really is cybersecurity to the business owner in, in the dark web, things like that? Um, I treat my book of business and my clients just like it's my mm. own um, business. So business owners here in the room today. It's so important. I get the Equifax alert that my email address has been found on the dark web, and that scares me to death because thank you, Panera Bread, for, you know, basically 
um, giving out my email address just recently. They were one of the others that have been, you know, tapped for fraud and things of that nature. Um, stuff happens all the time with email addresses. It doesn't mean your stuff's been lost. Right. It just means they've given out your email address, unfortunately. Um, so it's key. It's important that you protect your information on a regular basis. Cybersecurity is so important. Um, so we have so many different vehicles in banking, every bank. So just ask the questions of your bankers. What products, services do you have to protect my banking personally as well as professionally out there so that I don't lose my information, so that I don't lose my banking? Just ask the questions or better yet, your bankers should just be offering it up and giving you that information so that you can be um, provided the information and you can make the choice to protect your bank accounts on a regular um, on a regular basis, Bill. And so um, another initiative is uh, is being echo being echo friendly, uh, going green. Uh, is echo friendly a concern that we have to address in the financial services world? In um, your opinion? Yeah, but can I go back real quick to cyber? Sure, absolutely. If you have not started using the two factor authentication on everything that you're doing when it comes to your phones or to emails or to your applications, please, please use the two-factor authentication on everything, whether you use Face ID or you have to put it a six-digit code or something. Mm -hmm. Please use that when it comes to cybersecurity as well. I have a cybersecurity client, and he's like, please use Face ID, use um, extra pins or digits or things of that nature. So that's another key thing, and that's what our bank offers. Yeah. And I know a lot of other banks do it as well. If you haven't done it yet as a business owner, please use the two-factor. Yeah, I've heard just single-factor uh, people sometimes will have the same password. Over and over. For just about everything, and, and that really ends up uh, coming back to bite them. Yes. Because once you figure out one, then you kind of have – potentially an open door to, to other places where they store information. And all of your phones will warn you. They have that wonderful little pyramid with the exclamation point on there that tells you you've got the same password for how many different websites and stuff. You're absolutely right, Bill. Please, every different website or thing that you use should not have the same password. So make sure you might have 116 passwords, but that's why you have password keepers and different things to keep up with for all your passwords. So yeah, do two Factor authentication, if I cannot stress something enough. So sorry about that. But no. um, yeah, going green. Um, yeah, we love paperless. If you can, go paper free. Yeah. <laughs> I am not um, an eco-friendly person myself. Unfortunately, I will kill a tree and print off every kind of possible piece of paper. But um, when it comes to statements, we actually prefer that you do paperless when it comes to banking um, you can go and print them off yourself within our applications. Sure. But um, our bank has actually started looking at doing DocuSign for um, all of our loan documents and things of um, that. Oh, wow. So I'm okay. really excited about that for Center State Bank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're going the eco-friendly route. Our, um, our actual bank um, checking accounts and stuff like that, we do send them over and we're doing DocuSign for Treasury um, cashless um, um, services and products that we sell and stuff. So we're getting there. We're getting there. So pretty excited about that. So I know in the future, global e-commerce is expected to reach around $5 trillion, according to, to certain sources. Yeah. Um, even financial services uh, firms are creating money cafes. Um, is this where everything is going in the banking industry? Uh, no more face-to-face -face contact? 
Um, I see the commercials for Capital One, and they do those Capital One cafes. And, right. Yeah. And there's actually some branches here in Atlanta where there are the no teller lines, and everybody walks out, and they sit down with you, and they open up on the couch or um, checking accounts and things of that nature. Um, you're going to see more of that type transaction. I think it actually adds a personal touch because I'm going to be sitting over here um, with your Keith, and I'm going to open the account on a couch and I can still have that personal touch. The bankers are actually going to come to the businesses now. And you won't have to go to the branches. So it might not mean you going to the branch necessarily, but there will be more of the personal touch and people have to come to you, which I think is a better environment mm-hmm. um, for the business owners. Um, on the personal side, it means the bankers are going to really have to um, – Annie up their game and and really come after you, the customer, and do some more personal service. It's the way I started banking 25 years ago. And, yes, I'm not afraid to tell you my age. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's more proactive banking than reactive type banking if we want to earn your business. Yeah, and there are a lot of financial institutions that are going to, to one-stop shopping, a lot of it being virtual. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are some challenges there. Uh when we're going somewhat virtual and somewhat less face-to-face contact, are there sometimes things that are lost there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if I'm constantly going the virtual route and I'm constantly doing things on the computer, customers can start liking the virtual route and not necessarily depend on an individual. And when they get a phone call from someone, wait, who are you again? Wait, I didn't know I had a banker. That's my favorite question when I ask somebody, who's your banker? Well, I haven't talked to a banker in years. I don't need a banker. I can do everything automated. Um, They're shocked. They're surprised um, when they actually have a personal conversation with someone and realize, yeah, I actually might need a person when something comes up like the fraud event or something of that nature. Um, I think the personal touch is what sets us apart at Center State Bank because you do still need an individual um, to take care of you when things come up or like yesterday when an individual needed um, a vehicle loan, I could get it done for him in 24 hours when the virtual person couldn't get it done in 24 hours. Wow. wow. So it, it's still going to be there. Right. It's still right. going to be there. And that's important. Very much so. So if someone wants to get in touch with Samantha McElhaney at Center State Bank, how do they do that? Um, the white car driving up and down Georgia 400 <laughs> in a blur. No, I'm just kidding. No, please. Um my phone number is 678-524-7133. It's the same phone number since 2005, um, and I will answer, and that's what I'm known for. I will answer either via text or via phone anytime. Just call me um, because I've got to get two 16-year-olds to college, so please <laughs> call me um, anytime. Yes, having uh, had two daughters myself yes. uh, now through college, I can I can certainly relate to that. So Absolutely. thanks so much for, for being on Profit Sense. Thank you, Bill. And now, Dr. Brianna Gaynor. So excited to have you on the show. Uh, actually, Samantha introduced us. We have uh, been getting to know each other, but you've got a very successful psychology practice. Really, uh, I'd kind of like to hear the story from the beginning. So what led you to start the business? Um, it's interesting because I never really wanted to have my own business. Actually, I used to say, I just want to go to work and go home. So it was really a God thing. Just one day I went into the office and I was like, "Hmm, maybe I want to do this for myself. It's kind of as simple as that. And I remember talking to a friend about it. And then, um, one of my friends, Dr. Brooke Jones had already started her practice. So 
just talked to her about some of the things that she was doing, started working with her, started going to a consultation group of someone who had a successful practice. And Mm -hmm. I did that for about six months um, and then started looking for a place. And here I am five and a half years later. Wow. Congratulations. Thank Five you. and a half years. So um, I'm willing to bet mm-hmm. there might have been some lessons learned in oh the last gosh. five years. Yeah. So so <laughs> talk about those a little bit. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn that I continue to have to remind myself of is to let go. Um, to me, this my business has been like my baby. So mm-hmm. having people come in and having to relinquish control and allow them to do it. And not be a micromanager has been a challenge, especially in the beginning, Sure, because I was there for myself by myself for a while. So Mm -hmm. when my office manager came in, she didn't tell me at the time, but we talk about it now. She was like, you got on my nerves. You were just making What did you do this? Did you do that? (laughs) But it was just like, I have to make this work. I felt such a sense of responsibility and this is something I started. So I think that was a big deal. Um, One of the things I'm still learning, I think with hiring admin, um, it's important to know that they can do the job, but it's also important to know who they are as a person about mm-hmm. their integrity and loyalty and all those personal things that make someone fit in well and work well with other people. And I think in the beginning, I wasn't really looking for that. I was just trying to make sure they could do the duties. Right. So finding out who they are as people and making sure they can fit the culture um, has been a learning edge, but something I've also learned is just as important. Yeah. Uh, I've heard someone much smarter than me said, so we hire based on skills, but we actually fire based on behavior. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so that is, that is certainly a lesson <laughs> that, that I have learned yeah. uh, in, in my career. Mm-hmm. So uh, running your own business has challenges. Yes. And certainly uh, this has been a great economy to launch a business and build a business in. Uh, but as you look back and look forward, uh, what do you think some of your biggest biggest challenges have been and possibly in the future, what will your biggest challenges be? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges has been I went to school for psychology and I know how to do my job, but I didn't take business classes. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing heads not yeah. around the table. <laughs> so it was very much a trial and error. Um, I think that one of the things that has been helpful is that I do have a group of women who started their practice around the same time. And what we started doing is meeting on a regular basis and sharing resources. Mm-hmm. And through that, I've been able to build a team to meet you, to meet Samantha, to um, have a financial advisor, to have a CPA and knowing how important it is just to have that advice and people pointing out the things that, are just my blind spots because that's not how my mind works. Sure. Just like Samantha was talking about earlier about having your, your advisory team around the table supporting you. I never knew that was a thing. And I think as I've grown, I've realized just how important it is. So I would say probably I would recommend someone doing the research, being prepared, having a business plan. I just kind of jumped out and I Mm -hmm. got very blessed and lucky, but I think, it would have been a good idea to have some of those things um, because I think it would have made things a little easier. But the lessons have also taught me hard lessons, you know, the things that I've needed to change and the importance of having people who know the things that I don't when it comes to business, especially. Right. So one control person to another, I have a hard time yeah. letting go too, but somehow <laughs> let, letting go is, is freeing. It you is. just have to get beyond that. Uh, uh, especially my weaknesses are somebody else's strengths. Absolutely. And playing to their strengths 
uh, is is really is really helpful. So, let's say someone in our listening audience might be thinking about starting a business, maybe even starting a psychology practice. So, what advice would you give someone just starting out? First of all, I would say talk to people who are doing what you want to do and who are successful at it, um, because that can really be important in helping guide you. Uh-huh. Um, I would also say make sure you're getting good experience where you're at. I think I would not have been ready to start my business when I first got out of grad school. I had the skills, but there were some things I needed to learn. Sure. So being in an office setting where I could see um, about what insurance verification is and how to see clients and what I liked about how things were done and what I did in the paperwork. So I think just working in the field is important because then you get the experience and you know what will work for your business and what won't. won't. Sure. Um, that also helps you to get a lot of credibility as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say also making sure that you're getting the business advice. You're making sure that you have the finances or you have reserves that you do have a banker that you will be able to sustain yourself because with, especially with my um, business, there are ebbs and flows, you know, and everybody can't handle not getting a consistent paycheck. Mm -hmm. There are times when it's busy and times when it's not and being able to handle that and be okay, regardless of what happens. And you said earlier, having a good banker rumor has it that Samantha McElhaney is pretty good banker. She is. (laughs) (laughs) I can second that. I would also say one of the things that I think is important once you get into the business is um, just making sure to nurture the people who are around you, your admin staff, making sure to be invested in them. Um, I'm a small business, so bigger businesses are going to be able to offer a lot of other financial benefits, but making sure that people know that we care about them, that we're invested in them, that we appreciate what they're doing, that goes a long way. Sure, sure. Business has some challenges, Mm -hmm. but it also has some rewards. So as you think about the uh, past five years and and the future that is to come, uh, what's the most rewarding part of having your business? I would say two things. I think the first is the clients. So being able to connect with people. When people come in and they tell us that they feel peace and they appreciate our kindness and they feel a difference when they come in and they feel like we've helped them. That is the biggest reward because I know that we're doing what we set out to do. Um, also, I have clinicians in the office who see um, clients for therapy. And so talking to them and hearing, just talking to them about cases and hearing the things that they say, I know that they're doing a good job and it makes me feel good about the services that we're putting out there and that these people are also dedicated to the vision that I started. Mm-hmm. And so how do you practice mental health wellness as a professional in this field? Well, it's difficult because it's interesting. Sometimes I'll tell, I'm talking to people about what they should do. And in my head, I'm thinking, you don't do that. At all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've really had to make a concerted effort to, to let go, to step back, to let um, the people who work in the office do what they do. So being content with that. 
um, and also taking time for vacation. So over the holiday, I took my computer home, but I hardly opened it. And I started to feel guilty, but then I said, no, like I needed a break. So knowing when I need that break and at least one day a week, I do nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing related to work. I'm not answering an email just because you need that time to just turn your mind off and have a break. So if someone needs to get in touch with you and Peace of Mind Psychological Services, how do they do that? A few ways. So our website is peaceofmindpsychology.com. So it's P-E-A-C-E. I like to differentiate that between P-I-E-C-E because that Uh would not be good. So peaceofmindpsychology.com. And then the phone number is 678-667-3565. Great. And they can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Peace of Mind Psychology. Okay, super. Uh, Dr. Gaynor, it was wonderful having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Samantha McElhaney, Center States Bank, so glad you were here and appreciate your insight on uh, on banking. Uh, Keith Cosley, uh, thanks so much and, and appreciate your perspectives on the uh, engineering field. Sure. Always good to spend time with you, Bill. As we close, if you want to keep up with the latest in pro business news, follow us on social media for the latest stories. And if you want to listen to future podcasts, Profit Sense podcasts. You can find us on businessradiox.com slash podcasts slash Profit Sense with Bill McDermott. So this is Profit Sense with Bill McDermott signing off and everybody make it a great day.